Hey, Office Hours, I'm Mike Diamond, and unfortunately, Dave Milsa is in Portugal, and he couldn't zoom in today, so I have the incredible Dr. Uve. Dr. Uve, how are you today? Doing well. Excited to be here talking to you. Awesome. So now you are a doctor, and you have this incredible online MBA program. Is that correct? Yes. So tell us about the program and tell us what's going on in your world right now and, and let us have it. No, it's we're really excited about our online offerings at Howard Universities and the business school. So um, we have our executive MBA program, which is one of our pride and joys, um, really gives a chance to dig in and give seasoned professionals the opportunity to get that extra lift and, and understanding of how business theory can actually relate to their current experiences as executives. And um, it's been a phenomenal experience. I teach in the program. A uh, really cool format and tons of fun, great experience, great exposure. Now, awesome. Now, what was, so you you went to Howard University yourself or where did you go to university? Yeah, you did? I did. I wow. did. So undergraduate, I went to Howard University for my undergraduate degree, American University in Washington, D.C. for my master's and the University of Texas at Austin for my Ph.D. Wow. 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 Yeah. I didn't go to any of those schools and I just, I just winged it as an entrepreneur and did other stuff. So here's a question for you. So there's a lot of people, what do you think stops people? Um, is it fear that stops them jumping into like, you know, going to college, going to university and span themselves? Were you book smart person or how did you like, you know, get going? I like books. I, I will admit I'm on the bookworm side of the fence here, but you said something that was really important. You're, you're not just an entrepreneur. You're learning in one of the best playgrounds to learn in, which is experience. So, and I think that today education is changing, that you have to learn how to, you have to learn through applying. And so in the virtual space, it can be hard, but the best school is application. And unfortunately, as entrepreneurs, sometimes you learn and you lose money, make money, lose money, make money. Um, so an educational experience allows you some of that experience without the lose money part. Oh, so here's a question. How, how much do you think it closes the gap by having an MBA and an education like that? Because I paid a lot of dummy tax. Obviously, Dave calls it dummy tax. But I always learn to fail forward. So I'll keep going and I'll go, oh, I won't do that next time. I won't do that next time. But if I, you know, if I had the, the the grades and that to kind of study a program, I, I probably would have. What so, you know, what what does the an MBA like that program help you get through? It provides you the opportunity to one, it connects you with a network, right? So this network, and you're able to connect with other people who may be in your same industry. So like, let's say you're an entrepreneur, you go get an MBA at a school like Howard University, you're now forever tied to the whole network of Howard University Bison alumni, who may be able to help you by giving this experience, like you said, falling forward. How much would you have saved if you had just a training playground where you could hear more about how people have fallen forward and won't do it again, but almost writing out a playbook. And so what I like to say is that experience is still the best teacher, but a degree is really a good way to build the connections between you doing it and seeing somebody else doing it. It's like getting a playbook. 
Yeah. Do you think a lot of kids, like a lot of kids nowadays get degrees, but can't do the second thing, which is then apply what they've studied into a real world situation? What happens then? Why do you think that happens with people? Do they just get stuck and thinking, well, I've got a degree now and then they get destination disease feeling like they've arrived where you never really arrived? Yes. And you, you hit the nail on the head. You cannot ever stop being hungry for something. And I think that oftentimes children, and we'll say, let's talk about 18 year olds that are sent mm-hmm. off to college. I'm not convinced, even as a professor, that everybody should just run straight to the university. I think that you don't, if you don't have a direction, it can be a waste of money. And I, again, education is changing. This having a degree is not going to just completely make sure that you you are going to make money. That's not what it is anymore. It's a way, if you have a path and you're, you, you have a vision, it's a good way to head in that direction. But without that, you can do so many other things and not Nate. take the time. Yeah. Now you focus on uh, millennials and you're trying to help uh, black people as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So now, now when you're focusing on millennials and, or, or anyone, what's the first obstacle you face to get someone moving and going forward? Well, in my world as an educator, um, millennials and my, actually my students right now, my undergraduate students are Gen Z. They're from the, the younger generation. Um, it's really more about, with both groups, it's really more about getting them to see this path we just keep we keep talking about. Um, you don't want to aimlessly just go and get a degree or you don't aimlessly want to do anything. Like really the best path is one that you at least have a direction mapped out, right? And so really helping to connect theory for students with a here is what it's going to look like in application here is how you will utilize this has become the the thing that's been so important and and vital for students learning today they don't want to just see the book they don't want to just see the information they want to see how it's going to be put into action and what about so for you is it purpose or passion what do you think if someone's watching this and they're feeling a little stuck they're feeling overwhelmed because we have so much information out there and people get bogged down thinking, I'm not going to make enough money. Well, I, everyone's doing this. Everyone's NFT, crypto. Do you know what I'm saying? People get confused. What's the first thing that you look at? Do you look at purpose or passion? I actually lean towards purpose. And so here's why. So I think a lot of times, you know, I have students that'll say, but I love sports. And I'm like, okay, but there's a janitor that works in sports. That just because it's your interest, or that doesn't necessarily mean that that's your personal skill set. I am five feet tall. I am not an athlete. <laughs> like I'm not tall. I'm not not athletic. Even if I like watching sports, that doesn't mean that I'd be utilizing the skill set that's best for me. I can be. I maybe my I will go and use my skill of talking to people to make money to go to the basketball game as opposed to working in sports. Or maybe I am really good at analytics and therefore I may like sports, but my first job may be in analytics at company X. And then eventually I can get that because the janitor at in the sports industry has a job. And so what's your job? Any industry you go to, you're going to have your toolkit of what you're good at. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I always say that when, when you see a lot of people that do have an inclination to play a sport, but then after the sport, they're like, I've, I've lost my purpose. Well, you're like, well, you were passion driven and passion's a feeling. So when you're purpose driven and you have a cause, the effect will always be money. 
but purpose always gets you up in the morning. So I'm glad you said that because a lot of people get it the wrong way. They think they have to feel a certain way and you don't have to feel a certain way. You just got to show up and stay in process and make empowering choices. And then, you know, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people are like, oh, so I could do that. Oh, yeah, you can. It's a lot of work. You know what I mean? But just you stay on course. That's amazing. So what, what's the future for you? The next five years, you've got, you know, the MBA online. What else is going on that you'd like to talk about, promote, or, you know, wh where's the future go for you? I'm just really excited about all of the activity that we have at Howard University and the School of Business. Um, we've had a ton of support um, in, the, in this pandemic environment where companies really are wanting to make sure that they are, are, are being inclusive in all of their actions. We have several academic centers that are opening and, and really providing avenues for students to grow in a, and particularly to be able to, to, to realize their entrepreneurial desires. So one thing that that um, a lot of my my students face is that they have all of these ideas and no way to access capital. And so black entrepreneurs tend to have um, a lower rate of success because they're, they're, they just don't start off with the same level of capital. And so a lot yeah. of our centers, we have a center for financial excellence. We have a center for digital business. All, um, we just all of these connections we've been making at the business school, we're really able to pour into students and tell them how to take their ideas and either succeed professionally in an industry or even succeed as an entrepreneur as they're trying to grow their businesses. And so educating our, our students about the, how to make that connection has been so exciting for us. That's amazing. That's so great. All right. Well, uh, you have to come back on again when Dave isn't in, you know, Portugal or the Middle East or speaking on the moon because, you know, him, he's trying to empower a billion people. But it's been awesome. And thank you so much for coming on to Office Hours. And you make sure to check that you're, uh, every Friday night at 1130, Office Hours is on Bloomberg TV. Love it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Hey, Kenny. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? How are you? And we've got, well, where's your partner in crime? Did he disappear? I don't know. What did he disappear to? <laughs> it's a magic show. Yeah. There he is. Sorry about that. I'm here. Jay. Jayon, how are you? Good, Mike. Nice to meet you. You Thanks too. So me. I'm so sorry Dave is in Portugal. <laughs> stuck. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he should have got like a Wi-Fi pack stuck in his back before he left because we're going to be stuck with this. <laughs> oh, no. So you guys have got some incredible stuff going on, but you guys have different backgrounds, right? Yes. We've got, we've got a, a Major League Baseball and you're an accountant, correct, Jayon? Is that correct? Yep, I'm a CPA. That's correct. Yeah, I've been All a right. CPA. All right. So, for, so before we years. even get into the magic of what you guys are doing with the NFTs and this brilliance, how did you guys meet and how did you guys form this relationship to get going? So either one of you jump off the conversation. Wow. Kenny, you want to start it? Uh, yeah. Um, I think he and I, we met um, on the golf course. We both play golf, and that's something that we, we both really love. And on top of that, when we started talking, we end up figuring out we were fraternity brothers. Oh. So that, that kind of started the, the conversation of us becoming friends. And then just, I'm not sure if it was five, six, seven, eight years 
becoming friends and we just felt like um eventually we're going to end up doing something together and then the this nft came about where it came to be people were calling and talking to me about nft and he and i had kind of mentioned it once before but it kind of got lost in the shuffle and then i called him and said hey remember that nft thing that you and i was talking about a while back it keeps coming to surface so we just felt like this was a perfect opportunity for us to look more into it and this is where we are today that's amazing so now right now what you you're doing some serious numbers with the nft stuff right like is it 11 billion dollars no how how about you guys well so that's the no no so that's yeah the i wish right now. <laughs> i wish <laughs> i wish I, 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 that's not you guys i'm mean, like you wouldn't be on this podcast <laughs> You'd be running the country. um but no so so you started off so explain to the people watching what are you primarily 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 focusing on with the nfts you guys yeah so i think um you know what what made our relationship work with kenny and i in terms of a partnership you know kenny bringing the professional athlete. He also has a successful film production company. Um, and then myself being 20 plus years in uh, the financial service industry, um, you know, Kenny and I we were talking, we, you know, when we started looking at this NFT space, we said, you know, we're not really feeling like the direction that people are starting to hit um, head. Um, and we really took a step back and started doing some discovery um, related to the NFTs. So <clears throat> one of the things that was key for Kenny was that, you know, he's been a professional athlete and he never had ownership of his IP, right? Or he never had a say or control of, you know, how he engaged with his community and with his fans. So it was something that the NFT, um, you know, opportunity actually, you know, presented. That, you know, we we wanted to figure out a way to kind of merge the, the, the traditional kind of sports fan base with sort of the LGs of the, the crypto space who were early adopters into the NFT space. And we really went down this, this discovery path for about seven or eight months, looking at, you know, the technological opportunities that are out there. And then also, you know, how to bridge that tech, that technology with the psychological uh, barriers as well. So, you know, from what we're doing, we're, you know, one of the big things is we're launching a, a platform ourselves. Um, it will be live here by the end of the month. Um, it's a multi-chain platform, um, meaning that uh, we're first going to issue out on the three sort of biggest uh, kind of retail smart contract uh, platforms, Ethereum, Binance, and, and yep. Polygon. Um, but then on top of that, uh, we're also going to allow for NFTs to be purchased off of a, a fiat on-ramp. So fans will be able to actually acquire the NFTs using their debit and credit card and won't necessarily have to go through this whole process of you know, downloading the wallet, they can still do that as well. But we're, you know, we felt like that was a that was a first step of actually bridging that psychological and technological uh, barrier when you're talking about fans in, in, in the crypto space as well. Has anyone else done that? Because I know it's usually through the blockchain and all the crypto space, isn't it? Has anyone else made the step like you guys? Yeah, there's there's platforms out there, you know, Tom Brady's autograph uh, through DraftKings, they do that as well. Um, it was already built in. Um, you know, but we're, you know, we're looking again, we're looking at it a little differently because we want our platform to be organic. Um, so we're coming out with the first three multi chains, right? Like the three uh, platforms I mentioned, but then it's going to grow and we're going to add additional chains to it. 
Um, so if you want to mint on, you know, Solana, if you want to mint on Cardano, if you want to mint on Polkadot, you know, we're we're going to build that into our platform to make it truly organic. We're really turning everything over to to our creators. That's um, amazing. We want, we want to be the Facebook for for NFTs, you know. So, Kenny, with the intellectual property, um, obviously, with your baseball career, is that because the, the, the major leagues owned most of what you did? Is that what pretty much, the contracts? I mean, yeah. I mean, pretty much they own pretty much everything we did. And I felt like once you retired, mm -hmm. you have that opportunity to own your own internet intellectual property, your own brand. I felt like different like car companies or different companies pretty much owned you. They pretty much said, here is a percentage you we, we, that we get, here's what you get, and that's it. And you pretty much had to deal with it. But I felt like this is a perfect opportunity for guys to take advantage of their own intellect, intellectual property and their own brand. So yeah. this is something that he and I talked about, and I said, hey, me being in that space, me understanding that this is what I dealt with, so it's like I know this firsthand what was going on and for me to have an opportunity to show other people and other guys i'll say in the entertainment in the entertainment space sports world as well i felt like this is the perfect opportunity for 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 me to to approach these guys and say hey you can control your intellectual property with nfts so let's move forward on this and a lot of guys are very excited about doing that because Again, like I said, they didn't have that opportunity back then to own their own intellectual property. And they can't block it in any way, right? Like with the NFTs, like no, no one the, the, no one can come in and because it's your intellectual property, correct? Yeah, with the sports, you have to watch out, you know, a little bit of the logos and certain things of that sort. You still have to watch out. But I think we, we've kind of covered that basis by talking to some of the teams about doing certain things. And what we tried to do is, you know, incorporate a charity as well, in which I started, I did a charity, I did a thing in Cleveland to where I, I put it toward the Cleveland Indians charity and they were very perceptive of that, receptive of that because of, of that reason. And everyone, you know, wants to, to be a part of a charity organization. Everyone does. And we feel like this is a perfect way us to give back and they can feel like, you know, we're doing something for their organization as well. That's brilliant. Yeah, and if anyone uh, frowns on a charity, it's always good to go, really? You really? <laughs> you don't want to help like people me. out? Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. All right, so before we get off, guys, is there anything else you want to talk about? Joe, Joe yeah, 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 no? Is there something you guys Yeah, want just, to talk you know, about? coming yeah. soon, man. We're, we're excited, you know, the, the platform is going to be launched uh, by the end of this month. Um, and then 2022, you know, uh, you know, we're excited about the partnerships and projects that we have on deck, the roadmap. Um, so yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, the, the, the platform is called Proxime, P-R-O-X-I-N-E. Um, and yeah, you know, um, yeah, come, yeah, come check us out. And the name of the company is called Centerblock and that's centerblock.co. You can check us out, our website out. That's center, like the center, right? Center, like yeah. center field. Can, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you can go into the notes, which everything could be in the notes. And then, so I have a question before we get off. So Kenny, as a professional athlete, you know, years, uh, you know, you're an all-star, stole a bunch of bases, like 15, what is it, like top bases, like <laughs> I, I was reading in the notes, which is amazing. The transition, 
from being a professional athlete and then leaving that, you know what I mean? Which is really hard because you have the structure athlete into the business world. How hard was the transition for you and how did you make that transition? Because I know a lot of people get stuck. Well, a good thing about me and my transition, I went to the University of Arizona and I got my degree in, in, in media arts studio and TV film. So, and I end up starting a company in 05, two years before I was done. So for me to transition, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. And then my transition was pretty much easy for me because I got my degree in that field and have an opportunity to go into that field as well. It was pretty much an easy transition. But I think transitioning to NFTs also, I have an understanding of intellectual property and branding. And 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 that's something that also fits fits my mode of what I'm trying to do. So it's kind of an easy fit for me. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of people get stuck, right? They can't. They can't, they don't know how to pivot, exactly. but then again, you already had something backing you up. Do you know what I'm saying? And saying, okay, I can figure this out. I think it's brilliant what you guys are doing. And I think it's really empowering to, for people to own their brands and their intellectual property. Do you know what I mean? I think it sucks. Like I'm yes. uh, being in the music business for years and then, you know, doing shows and that. And I remember when, you know, Napster took over and everyone was like, oh, what are you talking about? And then all the record labels realized people are going to download what they wanted. Yes. They weren't going to buy an album for one song. And then all these record labels were signing whoever they wanted. And then the people going, no, 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 no. This is what we want. You know what yeah. I mean? So exactly. I think it's, 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 it's exciting, the NFT space. So where do you see- We can see also it? talk to you about that too now as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff. It's brilliant. Where do you- so 10 years from now, I mean, it's going to be massive, right? It's going to yeah, be Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to encompass, you know, it's going to evolve, obviously, like everything has. I mean, 10 years ago from today, if you told me that if I left out the house with my cell phone, I would feel completely, you know, inept or, or you know, missing something, I would have been like, you know, you're crazy. But, you know, that's, that's you know, that's how things have changed and evolved from, a connection standpoint. And I think NFTs are, are not any any different from that. Um, I honestly believe like, believe you know, five, 10 years from now, we're, we're going to, we're really going to, you know, look and, and see like, how are we, you know, communicating? How are we transacting? How are we, you know, bartering and doing finance with each other, you know, five, 10 years ago. So um, I think the NFT space is is here to stay. The network is just going to you know grow and grow. Um, and look, it's it's an opportunity for for you know people like Kenny and, and other individuals to to have a direct connection with their community and their fans. Um, yeah. And, and then on the fan side, they get access, right? Like you know they get access to you know their their favorite individuals. So I think we're going to see a lot more use cases in NFTs. Um, from housing through, you know, across the board. So I, I think it's, you know, it's it's going to, to answer your question, it's it's just going to, it's going to blow up. Yeah, no, it's an exciting time. And it's really cool because like, as I said, it's not, nothing worse than you, you pay your dues doing something in a sport or in, in an industry. And then, I mean, like just recently, what they just started to let college kids now, you know, get sponsored, it gets payments for sponsorship. I mean, like the billion dollar industry and you know what I mean? It's like going to the Olympics, you can't make money. Come on. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's it, a bit stupid. Do you know what I'm saying? People yeah, like right. gouge people and you finish your career and you bust it up and you're like, what? I can't own my property. It's right. nuts. Yeah. I agree. Well, All right, guys. 
you you have to come back when Dave is not in Portugal trying okay. to save the world and doing talks and doing stuff. But everyone can check out everything you've got, the center block and everything else and the exciting stuff you've got going on in the notes. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Matty Matt. I got a question for you, Kenny. I'm one of the producers of the show. Um, so I just wanted to hop on and ask a question to help Mike out for a second. You're – oh, he left. Oh, okay. Kenny I had left. a good question what's, what's for What's going on? Oh. Yeah, I Where had a question is, for uh, Do we have our last guest or not? They're not. Nope. They doesn't look like they're hopping back on. All right. All right. You want to just so, do the takeaway of the day, Mike, and then we can end the show? Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll be done with uh well, guys, I wanted to say thank you so much. Um, Dave, I love you. I don't know where you are. We started this little weekly thing a long time ago. So here's a really important thing um, I think from, that I got from today's takeaway is that when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. We are always students. We always should be learning. We always should be growing and do not get destination disease. In other words, you never arrive when you reach one mountaintop, you keep keep moving forward and going to the next mountaintop. And it is just one day at a time. So stay positive, be kind. And, you know, like Dave always says, be kind to your future self. And like I always say, make sure you drop a dose of positivity on someone and make them smile and feel good. Dave, I missed you today. I'm checking out from DC. Maddie, thank you so much. Remember, Office hours, Bloomberg TV, 11.30 p.m. Friday night. Make sure you check it out. And I will see you guys next week. And hopefully Dave will join me. Bye.